We've got the reason Kyler Murray regrets, reportedly, his social media purge, why the Arizona Cardinals need to stay the course as far as their time with a Kyler Murray extension, and why Steve Keim needs to take a page out of the Los Angeles Rams little book as far as how they approach the NFL draft. We're breaking it down. It's Bo Brock. It's Alex Clancy. It's Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, don't, don't rise up, Red Sea. Just grab a nice, comfortable <laughs> chair. We're going to be here for about 30 minutes breaking things down here on Locked On Cardinals. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. We're free and available across all platforms. You don't have to pay a dime. Nothing. No paywall. No nothing. You can just get us when you want us for free. couple ad reads from some tremendous sponsors. Other than that, uh, you get what you get with Alex and myself. YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, over 2,000, almost at 2,100 subscribers. Thank you to each and every single one of you that subscribes. If you haven't done so, what the hell are you doing? Do you watch us? Do you consume our content? Subscribe. Throw us a freaking bone, man. It's what my my, one of my favorite coaches growing up, my 7th and 8th grade coach uh, basketball would say to us. He's like, hey, don't be stupid. That's pretty (laughs) much like, I can't say that because that's mean, but it resonated with me, so. Maybe I'll try it. Yeah, always good Subscribe. to call the uh, the viewers and listeners <laughs> stupid out there right out of the gates. But uh, hey, we're we're things have gotten uh, wacky already. I mean, we're officially the not even a week into the off season after the Super Bowl has been played. The champion Los Angeles Rams they just celebrated the other day. Uh, some interesting video coming away from their parade. Looks like Aaron Donald unfortunately is coming back. That's a big brutal blow to the Arizona Cardinals because AD is probably like. When you think about it, especially like the most recent iteration of the Arizona Cardinals, like Aaron Donald is their number one villain. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because he's been around the longest. I mean, Jalen Ramsey might have something to say about it, but Aaron Donald, even though he just disappears sometimes in the middle of games, like during the biggest times, he's always there in the backfield. Yeah, and he's Kyler Murray's worst nightmare. He is. I mean, he's the main reason, especially the way that Cliff Kingsbury's offense kind of goes in, in the – the interior pressure that they get and how big of a game wrecker he can be be specifically against the Arizona Cardinals. Aaron Donald has just destroyed Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, and they're still going to have to figure out a solution for big number 99. And now the uh, title holders in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals have to face him at least twice each and every season. God forbid they have to face him a third time like they did this year. Um, You know, Kyler Murray, this is according to their flagship station, Cardinals uh, radio station that Kyler Murray regrets his social media purge. And this is kind of, um, this is unfortunate. And here's why Alex, because Kyler Murray is with, you know, obviously what you believe in the report. Um, If he does regret this one, there was intent. And then two, I feel like he regrets this because of the backlash that he received post social media purge. Yeah, you know, this is interesting. This is like, and 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 growing up, and I'm still going to continue to say the 24 is still growing up, especially when you're in the limelight and you're in, you know, you're in the spotlight of 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 the biggest professional sport, at least in the United States. Um, 
sometimes you do knee jerk things and then you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. But then it's like, if you're a normal person like you and me, it's like you text somebody be like, yeah, sorry. I, I didn't mean to do that. You know, I jumped ahead. I, um, I kind of, I, I blurted out mean things instead of thinking about it before I said whatever, like normal people do. When you do what he did, it's kind of like, man, I kind of hope this goes away. So we don't have to like, that's kind of the thing. It's like the news cycle is 24 hours, but it's so quick with some things like, how the Cardinals dealt with it after and all the speculation um, and the, devi the divisive nature of the Arizona Cardinals fan base, whether it's the front office or Kyler Murray, who's more to blame, it kind of festered a little bit more to where the I hope it goes away tactic didn't work. And that's kind of where we are where it's kind of now we kind of have to say, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Probably shouldn't and have. It's not the first time a human being's made a mistake. I mean, he's probably had, you know, relative to, to uh, his his career, his life, one of his, his toughest months he's ever faced. You know, look, that's that's not bad. I mean, compared to real problems, you know, it, that's nothing. But when we look at Kyler Murray uh, and and how he grew up and how he's probably the best player on the field, regardless of his stature, um, he hasn't faced that much adversity. Uh, I think. In kind of in the belief that this is good for Kyler Murray, you know, it, it sucks to get your brains bashed in on a national stage. It sucks that you know the the maneuver that you pulled to try to leverage the biggest extension you could possibly get, and and your pushback to how people responded was negative. But him being probably the most Gen Z quarterback we've ever seen in the league's history that social media pushback might be the best way to get to the quarterback, get to Kyler Murray and make him say, Hey, like, even though I was the NFL offensive rookie of the year and I've been to the pro bowl twice, I still have a lot of room to go to grow. And if the reports are true about who was asked of him in this, in the exit meeting to mature, become a leader, maybe this is kind of resonating a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. And it's with all of the things that have happened in the downfall of the last two seasons, he's only played in one playoff game and he played terribly. That's not an original story either. Okay. So yes, we've seen these things grow naturally. Okay. It's not a Patrick Mahomes. It's not a Lamar Jackson. It's not even a Joe Burrow who made the Super Bowl in his second year after tearing his ACL the, the year before. You know, this is the more of a natural progression of things where you're terrible, you get better, then you make the playoffs, okay? Him making this mistake, as you mentioned, yeah, I think I think that's a good way of putting it uh, because this is kind of his language, as it were, you know? And we're going to find out next season how it affects him. Mm -hmm. And we don't know, like, you and I talk a lot about Kyler Murray when we're not you know, doing the podcast. And it's like, should we be a little bit harsher on him back and forth? And we're like, this is how it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be a, you know, a, you know, a piece of clay that you're molding into an adult while becoming an exemplary pl football player, mm -hmm. you know, and it's mental, it's physical, it's everything. So this, yeah, this could just be part of the transitionary phase of leader, you know, leader instead of best player on the field that happens to be the quarterback. Like, but we're going to find out. Like, yeah. th this book is not close to, like, this is the prologue of, of the Kyler Murray novel in the NFL. You know, chapter one probably starts next season. Right. And, and I mean, 
he's got a lot to prove. And, you know, the Arizona Cardinals could, you know, continue to hold as far as this extension discussion goes. I mean, and I'll keep pointing to the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who had uh, way more success early on, at least, um, you know, team-wise. You know, the team goes for 10 and 2. Personally, he wins, you know, not the rookie of the year, but he wins the MVP, offensive MVP in the league. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be important for Kyler Murray to uh, continue his growth because there's already questions surrounding him. And, you know, you can, you can make your case. It's just like Cliff Kingsbury, right? I can, I can, I can, in the court of law, the court case for Cliff Kingsbury, should he remain the Arizona Cardinals head coach, the evidence, you know, you've got a lot that could sway to people saying yes. And people definitively saying yes for Kyler Murray but you know that there's also evidence there that could be damning on the other side of things. Yeah, but the the difference is there is beyond a reasonable doubt or there not beyond a reasonable doubt that he deserves to be the head coach. Like there's still doubt around that. Sure. Kyler Murray was an number one overall pick. Kyler yeah. Murray was the high, was the Heisman winner. He deserves to be the starter for an NFL team. Kyle, Cliff Kingsbury doesn't necessarily given his pedigree before signing ink to paper on that contract. That's the difference. But yeah. sure, listen, if they win 12 games next year and win a playoff game, I'll eat I'll eat my shorts. I don't you know? know. But what if it looks kind of similar? What if it's like they win 12 if it happens, games? Again. What, if they, what if they win, you know, 12 of their four, first 14 and then fall off a, a cliff, for lack of a better phrase? Get them out. Again. I mean, it's not like you can what, bring in. I mean, it's, it's very, I mean, Context matters with this, you know, like for sure, especially when you're looking, especially like at Kyler Murray's career, Cliff Kingsbury's tenure, the Arizona Cardinals as an organization. You know, this 11 wins looks a lot different than the 11 wins that I think the fan base signed up for uh, before the season began. Like if you told them 11, wins, I mean, we've said this before. Absolutely. Everybody would have signed up. 99 out of 100 fans would have signed out with, with one person probably holding steady. I'm like, well, let's see how it looks. I mean, context matters as far as how it's how it starts, how it ends, especially how it ends, and and what's you know the narrative surrounding this organization that they can't finish that the that the trio. I mean, this is it. I mean, the the trio of Steve Keim, Cliff Kingsbury, and Kyler Murray, like none of them right now are having you know are getting in their bed and just turning out the lights and sleeping comfortably right now. Steve Keim might be. Who knows what the hell he is? Yeah. That's I mean, and not being able to finish is, is like <laughs> a compliment. They weren't able. One thing that is true, and I've talked about it, you know, we'll kind of put it at rest, but we're still kind of having the lingering effects of the 2021 season is mm -hmm. Cliff Kingsbury could not coach a team to clinch a playoff spot after starting 10 and 2. That is a true statement. Okay. He is unable. They could have won in Detroit. You know, they, I mean, there's, a, there's teams they could have beat. And they didn't. And that's the biggest, I don't know, scarlet letter for him in my yeah. eyes is like, talent will get you wins in the NFL. When you need a win, that's coaching. That's scheme. That's play calling. That's things like that. So that's, I mean, that's kind of where my jury's still out going back to, yeah. the, to the metaphor. And um, I think, I think next week analogy. We, we need to get into, you know, best wins, worst losses, of the season kind of give out our hand out our superlatives. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that next week because we're really just getting started as far as locked on Cardinals, our off season coverage begins. Uh, we'll start to look at, you know, 
cap casualties, restructures, everything that you love about the NFL offseason. We'll get into uh, trade trade option for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get into that. And football season, it, it might be over. It might be over, and, and we're all downtrodden and sullen. We're trying to get into the NBA and watch on a nightly basis, but it doesn't have the same doesn't have the same pizzazz. But you can you can definitely spruce things up by getting action on NBA and college hoops. And the best place to do that, BetOnline.net. That's where you want to go because that's going to make everything better from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to the next fired coach where he's going to land or she's going to land betonline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head over to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's Friday, baby. Lovely. It is a Friday edition of Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. And I want to get into this conversation about the Arizona Cardinals because our Thursday podcast was extend Kyler Murray now. And what's great about having a two-host show is you can have different opinions on this. And Alex is in the camp of they need to they need to extend them now. They we just need to get this behind them and they need to get Kyler Murray locked in for the foreseeable future as far as going and pitching to free agents them knowing potential free agents knowing that Kyler Murray is locked in beyond, you know, the 2022-2023 season would be a great bargaining chip. Now, I do want to bring to the table here that if the Arizona Cardinals, you know, first off, I I hope that they have they already know what their plan is. And I hope that, you know, what goes on on social media, what's being said right now doesn't make them try to like change anything as far as their plan. If they have a plan and it works best for their organization, although I'm skeptical about the people making the decisions there and Steve Kime and Michael Bidwill, you know, if they have a plan and, and it's going to work best to put this team in a position to improve from 2021 to 2022, then sure, move forward with that. But just like the cautionary tales of first round quarterbacks and the teams that decided with two years left to ink them to mega extensions, uh, you can look at this in a couple ways. Um, first off, none of the quarterbacks that signed Mega Million extensions uh, did it before June, so it was kind of post free agency. So if you're wondering why not, why don't they just do it now? Uh, well, I mean, there's no precedent for that, but there is a precedent as far as uh, Josh Allen signed his in August, Patrick Mahomes happened in July, Goff in in Watson were in September, and the earliest was Carson Wentz in June. Now, when you think about that, two of those guys, maybe half of that pack, you can deem a success, Mahomes, even though he kind of took a step back this season. Josh Allen, I think, was a tremendous success Mm -hmm. signing his deal and the step he took even further You know, after last season, which he parlayed into his extension. But Goff and Wentz, they regressed after signing their deals. And then Watson's just a completely different case in itself as far as the money that he signed for and where he is right now. I think you can take him out of this conversation. So you've got four quarterbacks, and two of them are success, and two of them are are failures, right? Yes. So do do you have any problem with the Arizona Cardinals' plan is to go into March 
sign the, you know, bring back the guys that they need to bring back for your free agent contracts, sign guys off the free agent, uh, off the market. And then come June or July before they head the training camp, they've got a nice, beautiful deal for Kyler Murray. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm good with that. I, I, I think, and obviously, you know, I'm, there are people that know more about football than me regarding signing contracts and extensions and stuff. The main point that I was trying to make was if this instability festers, that is one way to sit in an office with Michael Bidwell, Steve Keim, and Kyler Murray and say, let's get this done. So this yeah. is one thing we do not have to worry about. Talk is cheap. Ask all of the head coaches who get the vote of confidence from their front offices where they are. And it's not in the same spot that they were after they got that vote of confidence or before they got that vote of confidence. So I think that the unified front part is very important. Now, if this kind of subsides and there is a, you know, a, a kumbaya moment publicly somewhere that, you know, everything kind of goes back to normal, you can push it a little bit. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I feel like, and as you mentioned, I, I think it's important for free agents to see that everybody's in the same ship. Everybody understands that Kyler Murray is going to be QB one for the Cardinals in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. that, hey, listen, I love to play with that guy. I'm going to go sign there this offseason. I feel like th- those two reasons are why I said extend them early. And you just figure out the cap. There just needs to be constant communication between Kime, Bidwill, the decision makers for the Cardinals, that brain trust, Eric Burkhart, Kyler's agent, Kyler Murray himself. That, Look, hey, we're going to, for cap reasons, whatever our reasons may be, uh, we're going to come to you like when we're going to negotiate this thing, when we want to get this thing done is, is this time and then set a date for it, June, July, August, September, whatever it may be. But that's our, we're full. Our intentions are we're going to lock you in. We're going to pay you just as we've paid our former stars before Larry Fitzgerald, Patrick Peterson, you know, the, the list is, is long. Uh, Teron Matthew to a fault. They, they dug themselves in too deep there, but they have a, a pretty long list that they can point to where they've paid their stars and, and they've paid them at the top of their position in the NFL. But here's where I have the biggest problem or where I'm kind of concerned. This organization, and this is also taking it at face value where there could be smoke screens, but this organization has proven with big decisions, they didn't have a plan. Like they didn't have a successor to the quarterback position after Carson Palmer retired. Like they had no plan. They went out on the first day of free agency and their solution was Sam Bradford. And once they realized Sam Bradford was indeed damaged goods, they traded up in the draft and they got Josh Rosen, who was who, who couldn't play at the NFL level. They uh, the the coach, as far as they didn't they didn't have any idea that's that, that uh, B- Bruce Arians was going to move on or retire. And they go and Steve Wilkes was the solution. And then after they they said they were going to hold themselves accountable as far as the Wilkes hiring and get it right. And then the next move is Cliff Kingsbury, one of the most unprecedented rises to a head coaching position in NFL history from failed college coach to NFL head coach. Uh, It's just to the past few drafts. Like, are you telling me like the Kyler draft? If if you take Steve Kime at his word, he didn't know he was going to draft Kyler Murray number one until you know days or weeks before, which is that's that is absolutely unacceptable. And then the last couple of drafts, you know Isaiah Simmons and, and Zayvon Collins. Like, is is as much as I, I still believe that those guys can be NFL caliber players. 
big the big decisions that are being being are being made with this organization the team like they don't they're not they're not planning for them and that's a huge problem yeah these are all things where it's like man you know we have this great you know housing um you know this great architecture for this apartment complex that we're going to build right. everything's perfect everything's up to date oh but damn it we're on the moon can't do it <laughs> like that's those these are things that we constantly talk about and people give a lot of flack for negativity surrounding the front office it's like these are great ideas executing them has proven to be an active futility over the last eight or ten years since steve kime has been gm so you're right i mean planning's been tough they signed mike lennon and sam bradford and then drafted josh rose so, I mean, with Josh Rosen, that was what? I think it was around $30 million for the quarterback position for three guys mm -hmm. who didn't deserve to be NFL quarterbacks in the even same on the year yeah, on the, the same year. roster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's wild. Um, that's something that it's kind of like, well, we can talk about, like we can talk about all the positive things that we can. And then once in a while, it's like, well, we'll see if it happens because the ineptitude is still pretty prevalent, still pretty potent. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's like having a plan it seems like, and, and I, I tweeted this out, and I think this is one of the better things that I've said, is like Steve Keim is a procrastinator. He's a procrastinating student. Terrible at prep, terrible at studying until like two days before the test, and he's able to get a C or C minus to be able to pass and keep his job, which is where the trade, the trades and, and the late, and you know, and the late free agent signings to build out a roster where if one thing bad happens, it falters. And that's what we saw again in 2021. I hope things change. But the definition of insanity is the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> if, if the uh, that's a good, you need to copyright that one. Um, Steve Keim is not smart enough to take tests like that. Like we we all knew no new people that could walk in day of the test without studying and ace it. He's not he's not smart enough, and that's a big problem. I I, I completely get your analogy. I think is spot on, but the problem is when it comes to sit down and take the test. He's not producing enough results that say, hey, yeah, you're good. Just, yeah, go out go out and party on a school night. You're good. You, you'll figure it out. Because he's not. No, he, he's no. producing barely passing grades. No, let me ask if, you this. Um, and yeah. I know we're, get, we're going long and whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll take a break in a second. Do you think what I think Steve Calamur is going through without Cliff Kingsbury being you know there for him leadership wise that i think he needs to be do you think same could be said for the cliff and steve kime dynamic like we, we know a lot less about that because we don't see steve kime at all you know i'm sure there's reports whatever he's not in the locker room there aren't people with microphones that are very good at their job reporting things that they see around steve kime as much aside from his you know something good's about to happen so i'll pop in front of a mic mm -hmm. like i wonder how much support Kyle, uh, cliff kingsbury's getting in his journey here also I think I think this organization, and I could be speaking out of school here. I think that this organization is you've got from the the front office to the coaching staff to the players. They're all three they're isolated from each other, which doesn't work. Like I, I do, I do think that. Like I, I think that Cliff Kingsbury provides more to Kyler Murray than Steve Kime provides to Cliff Kingsbury. When you look at what Cliff Kingsbury would ask for. And what Steve Kime provides in draft picks and free agency. Like I, I, I think back to the flight plan and I see how AJ Green was was signed in his like I, like Cliff Kingsbury is just passing by in the hallways and like talks to AJ Green like 
Hey, thanks. For, it's nice to have your board. Like, not like he had any involvement in saying AJ Green would be a great, you know, Z receiver for us. Like, that's my guy. It's like Steve Kime said, Hey, here's your, here's your other outside receiver. I got AJ Green for you. He's like, Okay, cool. Probably not what I wanted, but okay, thanks. It's the gift you got for Christmas that you really didn't want, but you had to act like you did. I don't know. It's a mess, but let's fix, let's fix the Steve Kime draft problem real quick. And I think there's an easy solution to it. Um, there's a solution to if you've already bailed on your New Year's resolution. And it's a very delicious and it's a healthy, nutritious solution. It's Built Bar. Built Bar. The greatest gift from God ever given. <laughs> Is that too much? No. It's uh, unbelievable. I've got a brand new box of, of Built Bars upstairs. My wife will not know where they are. Because I'm hiding them from her. She doesn't appreciate Built Bar like I do, like Alex does, like the entire Lockdown Podcast Network does. Do you know why we appreciate them? Because they're 100% chocolate, delicious chocolate. And they've got all these incredible nine flavors you can always hang your hat on. And they even have the puffs. If you haven't tried the puffs, they're Mm -hmm. incredible. Protein-infused marshmallows. Like there's some brilliant scientist out there, and he's like, let's put protein in a marshmallow. Somebody said... No, you can't do that. And he did. And thank God for it. And it's covered in 100% chocolate. Go to Built.com and you can save yourself some cash. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. That's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I think I undersold Built, Built Bars just there. I think I undersold it. I didn't do him any service there. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, final segment of the week. Monday. Brand new mock draft Monday, but should we just rip up our assignments and throw them in the trash can? Because I think that the Los Angeles Rams, Alex, have created a blueprint for old underdrafter, perennial draft failure, Steve Kime, to follow. The Rams traded Isaiah Wynn, Duke Dawson, Juan Thornhill, Clavon Chasen, Travis Etienne, 2022 and 2023 first rounders and a 2022 second rounder for the following players. Sammy Watkins, Marcus Peters, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Ramsey, Matt Stafford, and Vaughn Miller. Not bad there, Bob. Yeah, the last three of them helped them to a Super Bowl title this year. Does Steve Kime need to abandon his current draft strategy and adopt Less need in the Los Angeles Rams draft philosophy, which I love that Sneed was wearing the shirt that said F the picks, F those picks <laughs> on the parade day. Um, does he need to do it? Is, is it a better strategy for Kime than, as he said, uh, the, the, what, the um, definition of insanity is the Cardinals? Yeah, Arizona Cardinals organization's definition of insanity. <laughs> um, follow me on Twitter, Claims his Corner. So, um, yeah, like here's the thing. It's sure. Uh, if that's not what Steve Kime was doing the last five years, you know, like the Rams were able to do that because they already had younger talent and positions in place. You know, like what they did with Robert Woods, pretty much paying him nothing compared to what he showed. Cooper Cup drafted best player in the NFL. Some say last year, best performance mm-hmm. of a wide receiver ever. Jerry Rice did all the things that Cooper Cup did over his career, but last year Cooper Cup did all triple crown, Super Bowl MVP, et cetera, et cetera. So with that, they were able to take chances elsewhere. And 
trade draft picks because they were able to figure it out under the cap because they had young, inexpensive talent or guys like Eric Weddle and Clay Matthews who were able to fill leadership roles towards the tail end of their career and not make as much money as they once did. Like that was set up plan-wise to be able to afford to do that. The Cardinals can't afford to trade their draft picks and then pay players a year later. So if you're going to trade for like a one-year rental, was Zach Ertz worth a fifth-round pick for one year? Sure, but now what are you going to do? He's going to garner 7 or $8 million for two years somewhere else that the Cardinals can't pay him. So was it really worth it? Could you have drafted somebody? Sure, and they just punt on the draft because of Steve Combs' inability to put a plan together and execute it. Well, yeah, the, the biggest problem is they then continue to add on. Like they they clearly lack depth and where they had, you know, the, the remaining assets during last season were in the 2022 draft. Like, yeah, they added Ertz. You shouldn't have been done then. You know, there was still an opportunity to add a player in the secondary. Stefan Gilmore was, a, was acquired for a six round pick. Now I know he missed t- uh, time due to injury, but he was in there playing downs for the Carolina Panthers by the end of the season. I think that the Arizona Cardinals, if they're going to be aggressive, you can't be half foot in, half half into the pool. You have to jump in all the way. Like you have to do like Steve Kime needs to take that big body of his and just swan dive into it. Right? I mean, that's what the LA Rams did. Les Need literally said, F those picks. And if the Arizona Cardinals are gonna do that, if you're gonna go all in, now the thing is like you can pay a quarterback. I mean, they're paying not only Matthew Stafford, they're paying Jared Goff part of his dead money. So they were able to maneuver that and pay a significant amount of money in the quarterback position and then still put together the roster that they did. Now, what they do this offseason is going to be important as far as how they run it back. But And, and also, to Steve Kimes credit, he has been utilizing his draft picks and flipping them for proven commodities. He did it for DeAndre Hopkins. He did it for uh, for Rodney Hudson, and he did it for Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. Does he do it? Does he need to do it more though? You know, I, that's that's the question. Or does he just need to figure out his first round draft strategy? You know, for the first time in in nine seasons. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, both, but it's got to be a balance. Like the San Francisco 49ers just find sixth round picks. Their best running back was a sixth round pick this year. Yeah. You know, uh, the sixth round picks for the Arizona Cardinals, well, they traded one, right? And it was Michael Dumacagey the other? I think he was the other. Victor, yeah. Victor Dumacagey, sorry. Uh, yeah. Michael Manette was, was the seventh round pick. Um, when you can't find players later in the draft to start, that's a problem because you have control over them they make no money comparatively speaking and they can fill rosters where you can add millions of dollars to trading for players or signing players in free agency what steve kime did with deandre hopkins was masterful 100 that was the fleece job of the 21st century regarding a trade in the nfl 100 david johnson and a second for deandre hopkins and a fourth like unbelievable they even they got a fourth round pick for it yeah so they traded a fourth got a fourth like that was great and he did nothing else. It was like that happened earlier in the offseason. It's like, oh, cool. So you're just going to tie him up, Stevie baby? Like, is that what we're going to get from you this offseason? And you're just going to excrement the bed during the draft? <laughs> That's what we witnessed. So, like, yeah, I talk about Cliff Kingsbury for the Entourage fans putting together a great Medellin trailer, but the but the movie's garbage. Steve Kime does the same thing every offseason. Yeah. But Steve Kime has so much more control 
over the script, as it were, of a movie, and he chooses to draw multiple pages in crayon with his feet and then going back to the story right after. So, like... It's it's really crazy where you look at the two teams in the Super Bowl and what could have been with the Arizona Cardinals because as much as I, I'm, I'm stressing the Rams' philosophy because of his inability to find productive players in the draft or enough to, to make a difference... You know, not to say that, you know, Buda Baker's not been awesome and, and Kyler Murray was the right decision. But when you look at, sure, the Rams, they they punted on draft picks to bring in proven commodities. When you look at the other side, to your point, Joe Burrow's offense, Tyler Boyd, second round pick, sign an extension, wasn't, didn't break the bank there. T. Higgins, second round pick, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow on their rookie deals. Those guys are all making instant impacts and, and big impacts that were able to catapult the, the Bengals from a four-win team to the Super Bowl. That's what happens when, you're, when you draft well. And then you can just fill in the blank and fill in the, the gaps like he had to do, like the Bengals did last offseason by, you know, we got a problem at corner. Okay, flood it with numbers. Go out and get um, Mike Hilton. Go out and get Eli Apple. You know, so... There's two different philosophies. Steve Kime, unfortunately, trying to light, ride, like ride the line in the middle. And it's like you got to go one or the other, and you have to be very successful in both areas. Yeah. And who was Steve Kime's big get for the cornerback room last year? Malcolm Butler, like two minutes before the season started. Yeah. So and, they and drafted. Butler, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to see the actual day where they signed him. Um, I mean, Butler like, was in March. It it was it was it wasn't short after. Uh, it wasn't shortly after they did made the big move for for Rodney Hudson. I remember doing talking about that. I think and Butler was post P P three Petty Patrick Peterson moving on to Minnesota. Oh, that's right. He retired at the end of August. That's yeah. right. And and the news at, from Rap Sheet in Rappaport or the Cardinals have released Malcolm Butler from the reserve retired list. Uh, so we'll see what happens with him. Apparently, according to the rap sheet, he's considering returning. So I don't know if the Arizona Cardinals retain his rights and, and he, he's just back on that, on the roster or, or what, but it's something to kind of follow along with. Thank you so much for tuning in all week long. Our coverage of the soap opera that is the Arizona Cardinals and their quarterback, Kyler Murray. Hopefully we provided some clarity and some things to think about. Thank you for making us your first listen all week long. Just getting started here as far as our off-season podcasts go. we got some great draft coverage coming up. Our mock draft, it's coming on Monday. If you do your own mock draft, tweet it at us, at LockdownAZCards, at Clancy's Corner, and at Bob Rack. Have a great rest of your weekend. No football this weekend. Just... That was a very sobering thought that I had. No Check out Locked on Suns. Brendan Clean's doing a great job. The Suns are the best team in basketball. Transition into that when you're not listening to us. There you go. All right. Suns playing another, the longest active win streak in the NBA once again, owned by the Phoenix Suns. But we'll see how much time Chris Paul misses for, mm -hmm. uh, is he going to be suspended? I don't know. Listen to Brendan Clean. He'll tell you. All right. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Hit us up on Twitter at Locked on AZ Cards.